Welcome to the Business Design Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on this Business Design Podcast, we've traveled all the way to the UK to talk to Angela D'Souza. Yeah, and, uh, and her cat. So stay around till the end of the episode because the best part is right at the end. So without any further delay, here's Angela D'Souza. Hi, Angela. Great to talk with you. I'm super curious about the glass object behind you. I'm curious on behalf of the listeners who can't see anyway, but what's in that that glass object? Ah, rose petals. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. That's really neat. So uh, how do rose petals represent your business if it was a metaphor for, for everything you're doing? Oh, wow, rose petals is a metaphor. I like that. Um, So rose petals can be highly fragrant or they can just deteriorate and start stinking. (laughs) And so in our business, we like to bring out the fragrance in other businesswomen. How's that for a metaphor? Very good. So your business is all about people who smell nice. No, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So... So tell us a little background. So where where did you start kind of building this current business and how did you get to this point? So I started by accident. I didn't intend to set up another business. My first business failed and I wrote myself off as a businesswoman and got myself busy in all sorts of nonprofit work and helping people and anything as long as it didn't involve money or have the label business. And yet, uh, in hindsight, I now believe that if you're meant to do something in life, it will keep coming back. And so I set up a women's business club, was a lunch with a guest speaker, and I really just wanted to create a a safe space for businesswomen to do business, to be inspired, but to feel that they could confidently come just as they are. They didn't have to conform to try to be like a man, to be taken seriously, to act and dress and speak like a man, but just to to come as a woman, to show up as a woman, knowing that we have value. We do business slightly differently, but we have value. Um, and I love what happens when men and women do business together just as they are. And so my contribution to the business world is to help women to show up as women and then learn how to compliment men as we do business together. And so that's how it started. I I couldn't have articulated this when it started. I would have just said I wanted to bring people together and inspire them. But actually looking back at the past nine years or so, I think this is what I've always been meant to do. I just didn't have a clear business model or a plan. Now I have plans. Now I have business models. Now, you know, I have vision for the future and I know where I'm going with this. But I think I first had to find myself as a businesswoman before I could encourage others in their journey as a businesswoman. So, Angela, I don't normally focus on the past. I don't normally look backwards. But today I want to do that just for a minute. So you had a business that failed. I'd like you to understand why that happened and what you're doing now that is different. I think I had a great business idea, my first business, And if I did that business today, it would work. So I had a great idea, but I had no clue how to run a business. And I think this is a common problem with startups. 
you have a great idea and you think that's enough, but actually you really need to invest in training. You need to invest in getting a business mentor. You need to start your business knowing that you there's a lot you don't know and you don't know that you don't know. And so in my first business, like I said, the idea is valid. It would work today. It was my ability to to run the business side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, to put it very simply, I didn't have the business skill. And today, so what, what did you do to prepare for, for today? If you didn't have the business skill then, what's been the uh, progression? So the first thing was learning from my mistakes and understanding that I'm not a failure. And the first business wasn't a failure. It was a very expensive uh, business degree. <laughs> you know, some people learn the easy way, some people learn the hard way. And I'm one of those people who learn the hard way. <laughs> um, some people, they invest their time and money, they get a degree or they get some form of qualification and then they set out about starting a business. I jumped in the deep end and nearly drowned in debt, <laughs> literally, um, only to realize that I learned my most valuable lessons in those failures. And it's because of those failures that I haven't made the same mistakes now. And so I don't see that as a waste of time. I don't see it as a failure. I see it as one of the ways you can learn, you know, try and try again. I wouldn't recommend it because it's a lot more messy than just preparing and getting your degree or, or whatever form of education you need and, you know, getting a business mentor. But some of us, we just have to knock our heads a few times <laughs> and then we figure things out. So I'm very curious, uh, Angela, to kind of, since Randy already um, opened up the past looker, the, <laughs> the, uh, the telescope towards the past, whatever that might be. I'm curious to kind of find out where you started all of this. So at 8, 10, 12 years old, what was your plan as a, as a very young woman, right? <laughs> You're becoming a, a young woman. What was your hope for your life and what did your parents kind of hope for you and so on? I think my parents wanted me to have what I wanted and I don't think that was what was best for me. Um, I love my parents. This isn't a criticism of them. What I needed was somebody who knew more than me to see my potential and steer me. Um, And so I do that for my children. I'm so passionate now about observing them and seeing where their natural gifts and talents lie and steer them. And um, had I had guidance in that way, I think I would have gone to a different school. I would have chosen different subjects and my, my life would be completely different. That's the beauty of hindsight. What, what I hope to do, though, is help others perhaps not have to have as many bumps along the way in figuring this out for themselves. And so one of the things we are passionate about is helping people discover more about themselves at an at a earlier age. And so my parents' hopes and dreams for me were, were noble and they were wonderful and they just wanted me to have everything that they didn't have, you know, growing up in post-war England. But... But yeah, that wasn't what I needed, if that makes sense. So talking about what is needed is, a, is an interesting place, direction to go right now. So you have a, your the Women's Business Conference that you run both, presumably it's partly remote and partly live or depending on what's going on with COVID and who's open and who's not. Is this what women want? I think women want connection. They want support. 
they want to know they're not in it alone. And so everything we do is to try and create opportunities for that. Women also want to know that they have what it takes, like they can do it. We tend to write ourselves off as, as, a, as, oh, I'm just a mom or I'm, I'm just a, you know, wh wh whatever, because um, not everybody's a mom, of course, but we tend to, to downplay what makes us unique and special, whereas I think men don't have that problem. And so what we do at our conferences, um, we run conferences and clubs uh, globally and awards, it's key in helping women to realize that we take them seriously as businesswomen and our awards is key in celebrating their successes. But it's, we tend to be more nurturing and in need of community than our male counterparts. So, so men will just get on with business and I'm generalizing massively, yeah. So, you mm, know, it's, sure. there's no exceptions. But I have yeah. observed that men and women do business differently. And so our conferences include men, that we have male sponsors, male exhibitors, male speakers. So we're certainly not, like, isolating women and making it all about women. But the delegates are predominantly, like, 99.9% .9 women. We might have one or two men slip in and we won't turn them away but the delegates are women. So the event is positioned to offer women the type of support and business opportunities that they need. Also, you know, I've noticed a, a gap in that there are far more male speakers. I have to put a cap on men speakers in our clubs because we do allow men to speak, but I have to cap it because otherwise the women, they just don't rise up. They just don't take the opportunities. And so there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, these events are key in creating a platform, saying there's a stage, there's an audience. Would you like to speak at it? You know, there's an opportunity here made for women. But I very quickly say, if you don't take the opportunity, I will open it up and allow the men to do it, to the point where we could have all our speaker slots taken by men because the women won't take those opportunities. I'm hoping to massively bring about a change in it. I want women to have the confidence to grab those opportunities like like the men do. So what, what I'm hearing, Angela, sounds a little bit like a, how you would do a non-profit to help people. So is this a for-profit business? And if so, do you have products that you actually sell these women that can help them in their journey? Yes, it's definitely a for-profit business. I have toyed at times with making it a non-profit, but um, it, no, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a company, it's, it's a business. What we offer, first of all, we're a membership organization, so that's one stream of income. You join us as a member. When you become a member, you get access to our success story system. So you get mentoring, you get networking, you get training, you get um, events, you get webinars. You get downloads, resources. You just get as much as we could possibly get to our members. We get to our members to help them grow their business or advance in their career. And then the various, I mean, we're a franchise as well. So our clubs and our conferences are franchise owned. We have corporate sponsors. We have corporate memberships. So, you know, we haven't even begun to tap into the potential of where we can go as a business. Very interesting. In the, with the, um, the concept of franchising, how do you maintain quality control over the franchisees? It's tricky. 
it's always tricky, but we do have very clear systems and processes and guidelines in place. We have regular training sessions. And I have been visiting clubs, obviously pre-COVID, and doing, you know, uh, assessments, quality control. I think we've grown too big for me to do that now. So I'm, I may have to empower my staff to also visit and do quality control. It's a problem. And I think it's easily solved by just making sure we have enough people who can go visit and check that everything's running as it should. So that is always the, the biggest issue when when scaling any business is making sure you've got enough people in the right places early enough to deal with issues before they become really big problems. Yes, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you have to pick which problems you're going to tackle. You know, it's like, what are the major problems here and what can we just put in the back burner for now and deal with another day? And it's like carefully choosing the important problems. You know, it's a silly example, okay? Our model, our business lunches, you have 60 seconds to pitch to the room and in our in our particular model, you stand up and you present your 60 seconds to the room. And there's a, why, a whole host of reasons behind why we've chosen to do it that way. But that's how we do it. And so I would visit a club and they would sit down and they would pitch their 60 seconds. And inside I would be like cringing, like, no, that's not how we do it. <laughs> At the end of the day, I, I know and our, our staff know exactly how it should be done. And so to us, that that's a problem. Like, no, you should be standing. But actually at the end of the day, the event was still successful. The speaker still delivered value. Business was, you know, still passed. And so you just have to pick which problems you're going to tackle. Otherwise, you're constantly firefighting and people feel like they're never doing a good job because you're always nitpicking and micromanaging. And so it's very important to focus on what's really important and you have to let something slide, unfortunately. Andrew, if you were to give a single piece of advice to a young lady who has big dreams and big ideas and wants to get started in the business world, what would be that big piece of advice that's going to change their life? Join Women's Business Club? <laughs> no, I, I say that, but actually it doesn't have to be Women's Business Club, but you, you don't know what you don't know when you start. So get around people who are ahead. Either get a, a business coach, join a, a, a group, a club like ours, get some training. You, you just... Don't know what you don't know. And so it's so important to have people who can speak into your, especially in the early days, speak into your journey and offer advice, offer their perspective. I think that's the most important thing because none of us make it alone. We all need those people. And um, really, really nice speaking with you, Angela. What a, what a beautiful kind of statement to make as we wrap up here. We like to keep our interviews really short. And... Um, fairly entertaining so uh curious kind of as a closing statement to hear what your big vision is and uh where people can go to find you and participate in your programs so our big vision is to make what we offer the support we offer to women accessible globally so we we are in the process of setting up some programs in countries that don't have access to as much business support as we do here in the UK and across in the States. 
and looking at setting up clinics for business um, support. So all the way from that level, all the way through to running conferences and awards wherever possible. So at the moment, we're in five countries, but we really want to make sure that where people need, need us, we can be found. And so they can easily find out where we're at on that part of the journey on our website, womensbusiness.club. Or we are on most social media platforms, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc., etc. And as always, at Wombiz Club, so W-O-M-B-I-Z-C-L-U-B. And that will be our username across all platforms, except LinkedIn, where they don't allow that. So it's just Women's Business Club. And so you can get in touch with a real person on any of those social media channels. Behind the chat, behind the message inbox, there's a real person who will um, reply to any queries that you have. And we'll point you in the right direction from there. Is that your cat joining in the conversation? Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't apologize. What's, what's your cat's name? Well, we have a few. We're actually breeders. We have a pedigree breeder, one of my other businesses. But that cat's name's Muffin. He's the tomcat, so he's out. Ah, he can so he take wants him to one of his girls. Right. So he he he's communicating with you. He says, "Get off the get off the interview. It's about time." <laughs> yes, <It's> time <laughs> for my my cuddles. He's saying. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to chat with you both. Well, thanks, Angela. It's clear that you're doing some really good work and and helping the entrepreneurial spirit stay alive amongst women particularly. So we're looking forward to watching as you develop the Women's Business Network throughout the world. Global intent, global impact. Awesome. And the best thing, again, about this interview was the cat's meow, your tomcat. What a character. We love that. And if, if you would like to find out about our cat's meow, you can come to thoughtpartnergroup.com and, you know, we won't uh, hiss or scratch if you click that button at the top of the page called assessment. It only takes you a minute to fill it out, so not very long. We'll take a minute or two and respond to you. So uh, do it. In the meantime, before you leave here, why don't you subscribe if you like what you've heard? Because we'd love to talk to you again. Take care. Thank you.